I will confess, and that was a pretty good group. I was a little nervous what they were going to say about taking off their shoes, but we did okay. As we prepare to turn to God's word, let's first take a moment to go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you for the joy of children. We thank you for the excitement of baptism. As we turn to scripture this morning, we ask that you would be here with us. That your spirit, the same spirit that spoke to Moses, would speak to us today through these words. We ask you to open our ears and our minds, our hearts and our lives. That we might come to hear you, even today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we prepare for uh, our scripture lesson this morning, we'll be reading from Exodus 3, uh, verses 9 to 12. But before we turn to the scripture lesson, I want to give you just a, a brief word of introduction. One of the wonderful things about being a pastor is uh, you, you get to know churches deeply. And uh, over the course of my life, I'm also not, not just a pastor, but I'm a pastor's kid. And so I've gotten to know several generations of churches with uh, great depth. And so I, I get um, emails and newsletters from a number of different churches. And I was sitting at the dining room table looking through some of those newsletters this week. And a funny thing happens in church newsletters in the month of October. In the month of October, church newsletters begin to talk about stewardship. And uh, this is just part of, part of the church routine. We, we begin to talk about stewardship in the month of October. Now, our church has a slightly different routine uh, because we, we talk about stewardship really throughout the year in a lot of different ways. But nonetheless, we do have this custom of having a stewardship sermon on the first Sunday of October, which was last week. And we did not have a stewardship sermon on the first Sunday of October, and you noticed. I know you noticed because you told me that you noticed. <laughs> now, uh, I, I understand that we talk about stewardship, but we have a slightly different approach to stewardship here. It's actually something we get kind of excited about. And so I wanted to assure you that that was not a mistake. I did that on purpose, I promise. Um, as we've been doing this, this program where we're studying the Bible together, and as we've been reading the story, uh, I looked at the passage for the first Sunday of October, that story of Joseph, and it just didn't feel right. Uh, it's a great story, and there's, there are lots of ways you can preach stewardship from Joseph's story. The, 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 the passage about uh, storing the grain and preparing for what's coming, and that, that preaches pretty well as a stewardship sermon, but it, it, didn't, it didn't feel like us. And so I, I didn't feel like we, we, we should do our stewardship sermon on the first Sunday of October. And I looked ahead to this week and this passage. And I realized why last week didn't feel right. It's because this week is a much better example of how we as a church understand stewardship. And so for those of you who are a little concerned that we didn't get the stewardship sermon last week... It's okay, we're going to do it this week, but uh, those of you who know me well know that I tend to do very normal things in kind of an abnormal way, um, and so we're going to do that again today. We are going to get to stewardship. Those of you who are ready, I promise I'm going to get to money, but not at the beginning. We're going to start somewhere else. We're going to take kind of the long way, and it's going to make sense when we get there. If you'll, if you'll be patient with me, I promise we will get to the stewardship, Okay. All right, now, having said that, having made our deal, let's turn to our passage, which comes to us from Exodus chapter 9, verses 9 to 12. Exodus 3, 9 to 12. Listen to the word of God. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. 
I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for the blessing of your word. As we reflect on scripture this morning, we ask that you would be here with us, that you would help us to understand who you are calling us to be as individuals, as families, and as a church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. This is a famous part of Moses' story. Now, this is that, that wonderful uh, the passage that happens right there in, in the midst of that, that burning bush. And as we look at this story, uh, we, we, we typically refer to this as the call of Moses. And we think of this as the beginning of Moses' story. And that's right, kind of. I mean, it's actually, it's exactly 50% right. I mean, to think of this as the beginning of Moses' story is half right, but it's also half wrong. You see, as, as Moses found himself having this conversation with God, as God called Moses to go to, to Egypt and set the people free, it is a beginning. But it's not the beginning. It's, it's one of many beginnings in Moses' life. But it's not the beginning of his story. Moses knew that full well when he heard this calling. You see, Moses' story, it doesn't start here. The, I think the, 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 the latest place you can start his story is actually before his birth. And Moses' story starts with the Pharaoh. Remember, the people uh, under Joseph, the people had come to Egypt, and they had eventually, after Joseph died, they had become slaves. And they ended up serving as a a free labor force in the the country of Egypt. And the Pharaoh began to oppress them. And uh, the Pharaoh got nervous because there were so many Hebrews, he started to realize he couldn't keep them in line if they were to revolt. So the Pharaoh uh, created a new law. The Pharaoh set a rule that the Hebrew women were no longer invited or welcome to have male children. This is a pretty tough law to obey. Not just biologically, but emotionally. There's no way for the Hebrew women to give up their children like this. And Pharaoh, he set this law so that there would be no more male children born to the slaves. And yet, Moses' mother gave birth to a baby boy. And in that moment, she decided she would not give him up. She decided she was going to be faithful to her son and she would raise him. And so Moses, from the very first breaths of his life, Moses was blessed. He was blessed by by God through the faithfulness of his mother. And there were also the midwives who were there, the midwives who saw to it that Moses was safe and Moses was healthy and Moses had a chance to grow up. And so the midwives also were a blessing to Moses through their faithfulness and their generosity. And then Moses' sister was a blessing. God blessed Moses through his sister's generosity because she put him in that basket and put him in the river and 
in very suspiciously good timing, sent him down the river where he encountered Pharaoh's daughter. And so Moses was blessed by his mother's faithfulness, by his sister's faithfulness, by the faithfulness of the midwives. And then, in a very strange turn of events, Moses was actually blessed through the generosity of Pharaoh himself. As Pharaoh's household welcomed Moses in to the royal family. And Moses grew up in the palace, blessed by God through the Pharaoh himself. And uh, the Pharaoh's uh, daughter then chose Moses' own mother to raise him, teaching him the way of his own people. And Moses found himself blessed yet again of knowing not only the royalty and all that that implies, but also knowing, knowing slavery and all that that implies. And Moses found himself living a blessed life in Egypt long before the bush started to burn. He had an incredible, rich, and blessed life. Blessed through his his mother's generosity, through his sister's faithfulness and courage, through the midwives, through uh, Pharaoh's daughter, through Pharaoh's household. Moses was blessed in Egypt until he lost it all. And this is another famous part of the story. Moses one day saw a a slave driver who was abusing one of Moses' own people. And that's when Moses lost everything. He lost his temper, he lost his cool, and he lost his life in Egypt. And he murdered the slave driver. Moses found that he couldn't stay in Egypt anymore. He had to start over. His story may have started with the Pharaoh, but at this point, he had to leave. So Moses uh, went into hiding. He became a fugitive. He, He left the cities and went out into the country, and Moses started again. And he had to rebuild a whole new life. And God blessed Moses again. God blessed Moses through a man named Jethro. He is one of my favorite characters in all of Scripture. But God blessed Moses through Jethro, who became like a father figure to Moses and and gave Moses a new home. And Moses uh, married one of Jethro's daughters. And and God blessed Moses through his his new wife, gave him a, a, a new family. Moses had kids. Moses started a career. Moses lived a whole new life out in the wilderness. He had been blessed once and lived a life in Egypt He had been blessed twice living a life in the wilderness. And then he encounters the burning bush. This is not the beginning of his story. Moses has had multiple beginnings before he ever heard that burning bush, before he ever heard God's call. Moses had been blessed over and over and over by the generations that had gone before him, by the people that God had placed around him. Moses had been blessed. And that's when God said to Moses, The cry of the Israelites has come to me. I've seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. When Moses heard this calling, he had already been blessed. He had already lived more life and more stories than most of us can even imagine. And so when God said to Moses, I am sending you to set my people free, I am going to bless another community, and I want you to be a part of it, Moses chose to answer that call out of gratitude. It took a few tries. He wasn't ready right off the bat. But eventually Moses decided to respond in gratitude to all the blessings that had already been showered upon him. In other words... When God called Moses, Moses made a grateful response to God's love. 
He decided from that moment forward, he would live and grow and serve in grateful response to God's love. Please tell me that sounds familiar. This is what our church has decided is core to our identity. We have decided that we are a congregation that lives and grows and serves in grateful response to God's word. And as I read this passage, as I look at all that came in Moses' life before God called him, I, I couldn't help but see there is something about our story in this story of Moses. Because we understand, just like Moses understood, God is calling us right now. I know that we understand this as a church because you have told me You have told me over breakfast. You have told me over lunch. You have told me on the phone. You have told me in committee meetings. You have told me at session. You have told me on the lawn. You have told me in the halls. You have told me in casual conversations that God is doing something here. That God is at work in our congregation. That God is at work in our community that God has blessed our church, that God is blessing our community, God is blessing our neighborhood. You have told me that you see God blessing us and calling us right now. And as we look at this this opportunity to be part of a new start, the start of something new, the start of something different, make no mistake about it. God is doing something new and something different. If you go back two years. And think about October 2019. There is no way you could have foreseen this Sunday looking the way it does. So many things have changed in our lives over the last two years. We have changed the way we interact. We have changed the way we do school. We have changed the way we understand politics and medicine and fellowship and friendship. We have changed so many things in our community. We are at a point of a new beginning. And God is calling our church to be a blessing in this new beginning. And as a congregation, like Moses, we know that we have been blessed. God has already blessed this church. If you're not sure whether God has blessed this church, look around right now. Y'all, I can see you and you are not looking around. I look around this room and we sit here literally surrounded by blessings, by gifts from former generations. The people who have gone before us have given so much to this congregation to make sure that we have a building to gather in to worship. And if you're not in the building, if you're watching online, you too have been blessed Because the amount of equipment it takes to stream online, I had no idea two years ago what it would have taken. The lights and the microphones, and there is stuff in the back at that table, I still don't know what it is. But all of these pieces of equipment, all of the work, all of the effort, all of that has been given as gifts. We have been blessed by God through the generations before us and through the people around us. Just like Moses, our lives have been enriched and we have been blessed. And so as a congregation, we know that we've been blessed. We know God is doing a new thing in our community. We know God is blessing the world around us. And now is our opportunity to make a grateful response to God's love. It is our choice as a congregation to say, God is going to bless this neighborhood and we're going to be a part of it. 
It's our choice to say God is doing a new thing and we want in on the adventure just as we have always said in the past. And that includes all of our work, all of our effort, all of our abilities, all of our time, all of our words, and yes, it includes our money. I told you I was going to get to it, didn't I? I promised. But the, the finances that God has given to us, the finances that God has used to bless us, we have chosen to share to bless our community. And we have done so as a congregation. As a church, we have used those finances to support a community youth worker. We have used those finances to support the ladle. We have used those finances to support the Center for Hope. We have used those finances to support soup kitchens and food pantries and feeding ministries. A little known fact about our church. You do not know this. I don't know if anyone knows this. During the hardest days of the pandemic, our congregation gave more than $100,000 to feeding ministries. When people were losing their jobs and unable to find food, this church gave more than $100,000 to people who were in need. God is blessing our community, and we have chosen to be a part of it. And as we find ourselves at this point in the year, as we find ourselves looking at things like budget and like personnel and like stewardship and pledging and tithing, as a congregation, we have chosen that we will approach these issues as a matter of grateful response. We will look at this new beginning as an opportunity to be a part of the new adventure before us. We will look at this calling as a chance to be a part of the blessing that is coming one way or the other. You'll notice God's plan is to bring the people out of Egypt, whether or not Moses comes along. We heard about this a few weeks ago. God promised Abraham that that through Abraham, all nations would be blessed regardless of what Abraham thought. God is going to bless our community. God is going to bless our neighborhood. God is going to bless our world. But first, God invites us to be a part of it. In the midst of this stewardship season, I encourage you to be a part of the adventure, to be a part of the blessing, to be a part of the faith and the hope and the love and the joy, to be a part of what God is doing in this community through our church. Be a part of the blessing through your time, through your abilities, through teaching in Sunday school, through joining on a committee, and through your finances. Be a part of this community. Be a part of God's blessing by making a grateful response to God's love. We are in the midst of a new beginning. We can see it. We can feel it. God is calling our church to be a blessing in this community. Make a grateful response and be part of the blessing. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.